Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Allow that love of God to accept power on behalf of the others. And if you are allowing that love to be found, Brother Pete. Brother Pete, we are on.
Children are dismissed, and can someone give me a check on um, talk shoe? All right. Hold on. Children and youth are dismissed. And if we can bring people into the center, that'll be good. Those of you that can, move on in. All right. Shut it all down. We're not going to use that. You can just come into the middle. You know, yesterday was um, an adventure. Yesterday was, um, we had, uh, you know, when I got there, I had no idea it was going to open. I hate open. I don't like to be the first one. And I got there and he goes, oh, Pastor David, I'm so glad you're here. Because see, we had to submit our, the title of our message. And when I told him, I said, it's called Your Plan and God's Agenda. And he goes, ooh, yeah, that's going to be good. He didn't know. He goes, he goes, so what happened, he goes, well, you know, from what I gather, they didn't really get back to him on, on the title. They just said they were going to be able to. But he, I guess I, I write my notes. He goes, I want everybody to call me and tell me what the name of your message is. Uh, and that, it was so general that I didn't want to just, so I gave him that one. And he said, okay. So I get there, he goes, man, you're going to break open, you're going to break the ice, and you're going to be the one who's going to, I'm thinking, oh, no. 
And then I was thinking, oh, I'm going to get there. Everything's going to be late. You know, so people are going to hear. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to like, man. But, um, man, I felt like the Spirit of God arrested me. And what I'm doing, just to understand, is I'm refining everything that we're doing as a ministry. And so today we went a little long with the worship and the praise and the praise reports and all that. And that's fine. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be so such a stick in the mud that I'm not going to uh, that I'm going to stop everybody. But what we're trying to do, just so you all know, is that we're trying to start a four and get out of six. And if the Holy Spirit takes us longer, then that's fine. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sweat it. At, at some point at six o'clock, if we look over, we're going to go a little longer. So those of you that have to leave, see ya. And those that want to stay and have church. We could say have no plan. But those, but those who say, that's fine. And what I want to do, let me share with you what I want to do. I want to have a super, and not that it hasn't been, but I probably know that we're getting the nets ready and you're the net. When we start fishing and when people start coming in, you're the net. There's those that fish and those that, that are going to hold the fish. Clean them and get them ready for market. And so you are the net. And so what I want to do, I want to have a, you know, I was at a, uh, there's a, there's a church sometimes I go visit, uh, sometimes, very often, very little now because we haven't had the time, but when we go to the Rock Church, you know, the ushers are like the friendliest, you, know, you go to the bathroom and come back and they see you again, hey, what's you shake your hand and make you feel like you're the best friend coming in. And the same thing would happen at the Copeland conventions and different things and we all, there was always, and the churches I came from, well, the one last one before we got here, um, before we came, went to Colorado, they, they had a real good ushering team, too. And, it, and what happened is people who are, who are called to hospitality that really make, and, and I want a staff like that, uh, the, the hospitality staff that makes everybody feel like they're gold when they show up. The other thing is that, I'm, and I'm being honest with you, because see, Pam and myself and, and, and some of the old school people come from a place where they have... Um, Lack of a better word is they in the old days these they they coined a phrase the Rama people called called it armor bearers. But basically what it was is that, that, that pastors always had a right hand man, so they wouldn't have to be concerned a right hand couple that they wouldn't have to be concerned about anything. And yesterday, just to be honest with you, I I couldn't sneeze or shed a tear without them putting a piece of uh, a Kleenex in my hand. If my if a pen fell, they had another pen and something else, and they were like quick. So it felt like I was floating on air, and I couldn't even I couldn't even turn without one going. Are you okay? Do you need something? It's like, man, what is going on here? But they're like that all the time because when we go to the meeting, they they make sure that, that there's coffee, there's juice, that there's all kinds of stuff there available to you. They sit you down. They almost dust the chair for you before you sit down. I mean, it, 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 when who goes with me? Because like we go on, we've been meeting and we go on Mondays to these meetings, uh, and and isn't that the truth? That they have their, their their hospitality is like second to none, and I know that this couple that works with the people there have been there forever, but they're old school. They were trained back in the day when when they were, it was kind of a soldiering kind of thing when they were when they were. And it's not that I, I want the soldiers. It's, it's what it is is that these people have this commitment and loyalty to to an imperfect group of men and women who run the church because they serve God in serving the fivefold. And so they right away, hey, Pastor, what are you doing, man? Come on in. Go to the office and sit down. You don't have to sit with all the people here right now, man. It's just too much noise. You can't concentrate. And I said, no, I'm fine. I don't need to. Well, Pastor wants to see you. So I won't go there. 
in the back, and, and we, we meet everybody, we pray, and then we'll, we'll back out. And what happens is that I'm, this is the environment that I grew up in, that Pam and I have come out of, that this is how we, we served. And, and I was kidding on with Julio, but it's, but it's very true that our first pastor, he used to want the piano elevated, and then he wanted it three degrees this way. And, and, and with Pam, Pam, is it true? I wanted it at least 45%, you know, and then, you know what? We ran a tight ship, including George was running sound for him. And it was back in the day when they would wear a microphone around their neck and with a little chain, and they still had cords. And, and uh, no, it was really, it was like, it was a microphone like this with a little ring that held the, what's that? Yeah, it was a smaller mic, but when they first started, it was these big old giant things, and they had them like, you know, Captain Coleman did, and and uh, and George would we reel them in, going out, reel them in, going. We were moving wires up and right. But just tell you what, we did this and we walked right and stepped right. Why? Because we were honoring God by honoring the man of God. And this is how we were trained. When I came around this other and I saw that how they did with all the pastors and where's your church going to sit? We're going to when they they come in and if I know they're part of your group, we're going to sit them in this area here, just so that when you, someone if someone says where's your church, everybody can stand up. I don't know, okay. But this was their idea. They just want to make sure that everybody was together. So the atmosphere in that place was preset by the support staff that allowed the people to come in. Because they didn't come in like cattle and sat where they wanted. They came in, and there was already an order established. And the Lord gave me a phrase that I used yesterday, and the Lord reminded me that without administration, there's little demonstration. And many times we want the presence of God to show up, but there's no administration. And if there's no administration, then you're not, watch this, because I used to, Pam used to call the way I ran kids' department, organized chaos. Because at a given moment, I can bring them all into one place. But this, it was just, that was just my style. I knew what was happening, when it was happening. And, you know, I always had, I would pray, and I would build in the, in the spirit a corral. They kept the kids in a certain place by the Holy Ghost. But you also got to be a true believer in what it is that you set up. Because if the spirit realm to you is just high in the sky, it's just something that's not existing because you can't see it and you can't feel it and touch it, then to you it's not real. But I know the angelic realm. I know the demonic realm. And I know what we can do in the realm of the spirit. And the Lord gave me a phrase, build a corral in the spirit. So like, the kids would always be within this corral. I knew what I was doing when I was ministering to the kids. There's the same thing I do when I go to any group. I pray. I say, Lord, thank you. And you know what? Just give me the, the words. Because I go up there. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have what I study. I have my notes. Because I'm also making my notes more pronounced, almost going over them so that when I minister the message, it's a message that's almost verbatim written out. So I can come back to it and just continue. So what I'm doing, I'm fine-tuning a lot of things so that we can come into a place and things can begin to operate because, because sheep need Not a box, but they need um, cons- something that's consistency. They need things that are 
And, you know, because I'm not going to put you all in a box because I, I can't, you can't put me in a box. You have me something that keeps on this every week, I'll die. You know what I mean? It's like you suck the anointing right out of me. Just That's not me. Some of y'all teachers, you thrive on that. But what? Give me a, give me an outline, and believe me, I'll do a lot with an outline. But what I want is that sheep need consistency. They need to know that if they come in at four, they'll be out by six, more or less. We're going to go to multiple services. We need to be run discipline that way. And so there's a lot of little things that I'm tweaking in our ministry that even though there's like, and I'm going to coin the phrase, us four, no more, we're going to grow. We're going to grow. And one of the things that God gave me that message, tailored that message, I told Pam, I said, there's a lot of, the, the, the night before, the Lord just gave me a bunch of stuff. Or the night, what is it, Thursday, right? And it was, what are those nights for Thursday? I said, man, the Lord's just dropping things in me. And, and we were able to minister some things and share some things there that were for the whole group. Because what it is that we're doing is we're gathering together so that you get a, you get a few churches that are over 120 people. Now you've got some spirit, not spiritual clout, but you've got natural clout so that you can actually do some things together as one. But it actually builds what chapter 4 is. I never got there of Ephesians. But it says that, that we're under one spirit and we make up one man. Several bodies, several churches, bodies, become one. How? By operating in the plan that God gave them. See, God gave us a footprint to establish. You know what a footprint means? You can build a monument to the gathering place and it never goes anywhere. Where a footprint shows that you've been there, but you're going somewhere. When God gives us a footprint that is only us, and, that, and I coined that from the retail the retail world. They call it a footprint. Because, you know, when you go into McDonald's, they're, they're doing this post-industrial kind of look now that are deleting the ones for kids, but now they have this post-industrial where it looks like you're walking in to go visit someone in jail. <laughs> so you see them? They're just blocks. They have a little thing McDonald's, and it's like, what happened to a fun place? But anyway, you know what I mean? And I, and I rarely go in, so it's the only time I don't... Yeah, at that, I, isn't it funny how you go to Subway because they're healthy, there's no drive throughs because they want you to jog through the door. No, I'm kidding. But you know what I mean? But McDonald's, they, they have made it their business to get you in and out of. We can, Pam and I have tested this. We've gone in the store and there's nobody in line. But the, they'll, they'll help three or four cars before they get you. So what I found out is it doesn't have to be a fun place anymore because you go in and out. It's like Starbucks. And so what I'm saying is that the church, because the culture is like that, People look for the, cult, the church to have that kind of culture, and this is what I'm getting to right now. What's this? What we're not used to, there's a book by Eugene, the guy that wrote the Message Bible, Peterson, and he wrote a book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Now, that book is like reading a textbook, so it's not something I recommend people say, wow, that was a good read. I mean, it's like reading a textbook. <laughs> it's true. And, and what do you expect of a man who, who writes their Bible translation? You understand? But, but and, and, I'll, and I'll outline some nuggets, you know, and it's a, it's a book you don't read at night because you'll be out. But, what? but it's called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And I like the title because it reminded me of the children of Israel that had no breakthrough but a long obedience in the same direction. How many remember Joshua and Caleb? Caleb, 13 years, 
a long obedience in the same direction. When, you know, when they were first going to go out, they lost. They said, man, I swing a sword like I was 20 years old. He was 93 when he went in after to conquer the giant in the most dangerous land, and he was victorious. 13 years later, how many here have a long, feel like you've had a long obedience in the same direction without breakthrough? Many of us say, well, that's not God. Isn't that funny? You put bread in a toaster, and you're thinking, Taking so long. I don't know if anybody's ever thought that. I'm thinking because this morning I was getting things ready. Uh, and, and what? I got a Keurig. I am so spoiled with a Keurig. Well, this morning I was at, we were out of the little things, so I had to go put coffee in the old-fashioned way. Put in the water, put the little thing, click the thing, push a button, and wait for the pot to fill. I don't like Waiting. Isn't it funny how we get spoiled? But in the realm of the spirit, we don't allow what God is doing in our lives to come to fruition because we want things now. And sometimes we say, man, I should have had this a long time ago. How many get like that in the realm of the spirit? I should have already had this. This should have already been done. This is it. And then the devil gets us into regret. Well, what didn't I do right? No, don't go back into old Pentecostalism. Don't go back into being a Baptist. And don't go back into the guilt that is taught from the old, old school churches. Because that's where we go. Where did I miss it? God's word. How about good old-fashioned faith and patience inherit the promise? That's what the scripture teaches. Read Hebrews 3 and 4. It tells you all about that. Today, if you hear his voice. Harden not your heart. A lot of times we we'll hear a word from the Lord and we say, how about hearing a prophecy that you hear and confirms again? Lord, I've heard this prophecy 80 times. I don't need another confirmation of this. God has called you to the nations. I've been waiting for that. Dude. On a side note, Pastor Navarrete, the Spanish-speaking pastor, he's my favorite. Because he's an old, crusty guy who's been around for a buku years, and he knows and he smells bull when he sees it. No, I'm not kidding. This, this man means there's no word. And I asked him about a month ago. I, and when we first met, I was intrigued. And his wife, um, we talked one time, I said, she goes, do you speak Spanish? I said, yes. What are you doing for the Spanish-speaking community? I go, NADT. And she just looked at me and it's like, what? I said, nada. I said, I want to. Oh, you know, you, you need to meet my husband. NADT means not a darn thing. <laughs> and so the church version is not a darn thing. And what happens is I talked to him a couple, maybe last month when we met, and I said, I want to get some Spanish-speaking things going on in my church. God doesn't quit bothering me over this thing. It's just that I'm not confident enough to speak church Spanish. And it's kind of like, you say, what's church Spanish? So when we're in the automotive world, there's a whole bunch of words that you learn because people come in and say, I want this thing. And you're looking at them like, what's that? And you learn all the dialects. 
And so you learn automotive Spanish. Then there's church Spanish. I mean, the, you know, church Spanish is way different. You start learning these words, and you're thinking, oh, my, I've, I've never, I've, I grew up with proper Spanish, and I've never heard this. Hey, you know that it took me forever to find out what tinieblas were, because the preachers would always say, las tinieblas. What are tinieblas? Nobody could tell me. I don't know. Well, that's an old-fashioned word. Well, what is it? Oh, they, they, the darkness. Like the caverns and all this stuff. And, and it's like, and I'm thinking, Whoa. and so I put on Spanish radio sometimes when I'm listening, hearing the preachers. And they're flowery people, man. I was like, I can't get like that. I want to teach. Now, he teaches. He opens the scripture, and he's real. I can learn from this man. Well, he hit me up today. He says, we were there. I said, man, good seeing you. We greeted each other. And he goes, sir, you and I are going to get together and spend a lot of time. I want to teach you what I know. Just because I'm already old. And I need to show you what I know. Now, no, watch this. First thing comes to my mind. Oh, boy, you live in Lancaster. I live in near, out there near Redland. You know, we spend a lot of time. But he pastors a church that all of a sudden multiplied, and he's on Alvarado and Rampart. Yeah, right by Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> And he, and it grew to 200 without parking. He had to lease a parking place for $75. God opened a miracle. Because people would park far away by the park and they'd come walk into his church or by bus. They have opened up, they have almost 12 churches, 12 little churches built up because he's been training people under his belt and he says he found his niche and he wants to help me get because we have such a shortage and revelation in the Spanish churches is about 80 years behind. He said they're still talking about stuff they talked about years ago, head coverings, wear pants, and men getting upset when they hear a woman teach and all that. They're just way behind. And this is the Assembly of God churches who have been functioning the same way, which means that they've had no active leadership getting the Spanish-speaking community up to par. Want to know something? So those of us that speak English in Southern California... Spanish is the number one language. Watch this. Chinese, second language. English is the third most used language in the state. Those are your stats. Which means, as a church, we've got to move into the Spanish-speaking arena and we've got to move into the Chinese-speaking arena. Yes. It was. <laughs> okay. Well, we received that. But we do because you know what? I have a heart for those people specifically and always have. And I always tell, I've been telling Pam on and out, it's, to her it sounds more like a threat. We're going to start going after the Spanish-speaking people. <laughs> and and when, when David and Mary came, it came alive in me that, to reach the, the Chinese community because in Revelation, they're coming up. They're coming up. But in Revelation, there's a lot of traditions still in the Chinese church in America. The, the great thing is that in China, they're growing. The independent churches are growing so fast that the Chinese are trying to put a stop to it. They said it's growing too fast. 
We need to control this. There's revival in China. Now, I want you to see what happens here in America, and I want you to understand something. Because Genesis 2, 1 through 3, God released the blessing. He created everything. He stopped and he said, and he blessed it and he ceased from his work. Say, he ceased from his work. It doesn't mean that God's sitting up there smoking cigars just watching things go by. So that's what a lot of people mean. God is still active everywhere in, the, in, in, in this world. But when he blessed me, it was a bestowment of the good of God that just went into the earth, into the atmosphere. It was a grace empowerment of the goodness of God bestowed. Now, watch, I, this is what I did he translated the Hebrew. The bestowment of the seventh day of rest, which he released faith and grace. And it's funny that Romans chapter 12 in the New Testament version, it shows us that what, do we have, what have all been given? A measure of grace and a measure of faith. Isn't that amazing? The Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, 5 and 6, tell us about the progression of growth as we, all of these things have been released, but, it, but it's a contrast of things that came under the law, things that came through grace. And I don't say under, the, under Jesus, it's under the kingdom of grace because God has given us a kingdom to maintain. Now watch this. And in Hebrews 3, says, today you hear his voice. Now, some of you are going to hear God's voice through me today. Don't harden your heart. You know, I'm about to release some things that people don't like. Now, watch. Did you know that the people right now are anti-church, and you better get rid of that in your heart right now? They don't like the established church. That's fine. You can be anti-establishment, but don't dislike the church because you dislike Christians. Because you dislike the way that Christians model themselves in front of other people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you become more involved and more in love with the culture that you're trying to invade than, the, than developing the culture of the kingdom and the culture in which you're trying to get into. Brother God woke me up with that, and I had to go to the scriptures to find out where it's at. Because some of us love the culture that we're trying to invade, and that culture is in you, and you don't want to disturb it. You think you're Jean-Luc Picard on Star Trek. Yeah, you know what he did? The fine directed. Don't disturb anything. Go in there and just inject some good stuff. But we're here to influence and turn things around. But see, we have a president who doesn't want to stir the waters because he truly believes, because that is a leftist belief, very sincere. We don't want the whole world to become American. This is nonsense. Nobody wants the whole world to become American. Because how many know that America is in a place where they're looking for self-interest? I don't lie to you. You look at the government, that's what they're there for. They only back up a government. It's like, what can you do for me? That's why we turn our heads away from the Armenian genocide, because it did happen. And we have a president that's saying, oh, no, it didn't happen. And we have, listen, it's true. We, we, in, in Rwanda, genocide, what did our prior presidents do then? Just turned, turned away. Because they're not in love with humanity unless humanity can supply something back. At that point, just we're not the police of the world. Yes, we are. If you look at our Constitution, we are here to care, be caretakers of this world. And they believed in that way back when. But they believed that the manifest destiny of this country was to provide for the common good globally, not just for our country. So that's, that's another history lesson we're not going to get into. Now watch this. Watch this. The church has bought into the American credo and not and they're not establishing the kingdom of God because we're a nation within a nation. We operate by our own bylaws. We operate by our own spiritual laws that manifest in the natural. Yes? I was watching this episode of Through the Mind, and um, what is it? A uh, guy who was going to go into the interrogation room, he asked the guy, um, where, the prisoner asked the uh, FBI guy, where are you from? He said, 
You know what? This is true. I am not downing being an American. I stand up at the I stand up on the honor of our nation as the Star Spangled Banner. I I, I I I recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I remember when I was being brought up in the in the seventies and we were into the Chicano Power thing. Well, I was being I was they they, they our teachers were basically bringing me into this. Don't stand don't stand up. That's a that's a war song. I would stand up anyway. Some people are going, oh, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> if you grew up in that era, you understand some things. And there are people who are kind of radical. But you know what? We what one thing I never let go of was and it was you know what? It was because I was educated correctly that I understood that it wasn't something to protest. The, the nation, I can protest the actions of my nation without letting go of who I was. Yep. Are, are, you, are you listening to it? And this is why I, I believe in educating our, our youth with the right stuff that they no longer educate them with. Why don't you ask, ask kids who your senators are? Ask them what the preamble of the United States is. Ask them what the, the first the Bill of Rights is. Ask them all of these questions, and you know what they look at you like when you're from another planet. Well, who's, who's their vice president? They all know Obama, but, you know, more of them will answer. But if you ask them just simple questions, they don't know. What's your First Amendment right? They know the menu at McDonald's by heart, but they can't tell you the, the First Amendment right. It's the truth. Now, I'm bringing this up is because we have to establish God's kingdom order any place we go. When we come into a place, watch this. Let's go to Jude. When God releases a word, it's a plan for the season. In his sovereignty, he still requires people. He requires you. Now, I'm going to show you something in the book of Jude. Now, people trip out on Jude. Did you know that there's a whole bunch of stuff that is written about Jude because a bunch of people don't believe that he was, that he was the real deal? You know, the, the, the Catholics who, who chronicle tirelessly history, the Catholics have more history on the church than any other entity in the, on the planet. And the church's annals of history match the annals of history from any secular point of view. These Jesuits, sharp people. I had the privilege, Pam and I, to sit. And it's amazing the thing that God opened up. We sat with two Jesuits, didn't we? Who sat and took time with us. We made appointments and sat and they taught us history and the Word of God. Imagine that. You can hardly go to a Protestant church and find somebody to sit down with. You can't even open the door and pray on, 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 during the week. You can get into a church. You go in there. 
you know, Baptist folk believe that the Catholic Church is full of demons. But I go in there and pray. I, I didn't know much. I saw one time a guy doing the sign of the cross all over his body and, and just doing this, and I asked him, I said, Man, this dude, what's that for? He goes, I don't know, that fool's crazy. <laughs> but I had questions. I was just hungry for the way that, when I listened to the funerals, I listened to everything they say, why they drape it with white, why they say the novena, why they say all these different things. It's amazing. Everything has a purpose. It's not just to keep you there for an hour. And, and I love the people who stay out of the liturgy. They, they preach the liturgy, but then they share with the people. That's, that's, I, I just love that. I love to hear that. But watch. The reason I say that is because in his sovereignty, God still makes people because the heavens, even the high heavens are the Lord, but the earth he's given to the Son of Man. I'm not going to get tired of saying that. Because see, it's on your watch that things happen. God, why, God, why? God's looking at you saying, Margaret, why? Sister Mary, why? Xavier, why? Why are these happening on your watch? God has called us to pray. Can I tell you something? I like that someone brought up the prayer clock again, but I'm going to establish a prayer clock for this church. But just to pray in tongues. I don't believe in tongues. I'm going to get you a book, 70 Reasons to Pray in Tongues, and read it. Don't be afraid to look at stuff in the face. A lot of people pray in tongues. Your truth comes with tongues. Anyway, watch. I'm just seeing who's paying attention. Xavier was. Watch. And he said... Verse, verse 3 says, Dear friends, I was eager to write to you about the salvation we share. I found it necessary to write to you, urge you to continue your vigorous defense of the faith that was passed down to the saints once and for all. For some people slipped in among you unnoticed, and they were written, they were written about long ago being deserved of condemnation because they're ungodly. They turned the grace of God into uncontrollable lust and deny our only master, the Lord, and Jesus the Messiah. You know what, what it is? Listen to me. Make sure that those things that you watch. It's the grace of God. Really, do you put it ahead of God? I, I love what Brother Colton said. You want 10% results? I mean, if you put in only 10% into your life of God, you're only going to get 10% back. You know what I love? I, love, I, I was just talking to some individual. Well, you don't need to go to church to be a Christian. You have a Christian to go to church. Why? Because where they get their orders from headquarters. Seriously, someone was arguing about that. Well, why do we need pastors? They're the bishops of your soul. You need to answer to your... Pastor. Oh, are you getting imperialistic now? It's imperialistic. I'm not going out to take over people's lives. I said, the Bible says, don't lord over the sheep, but I'm here to guide you. you don't want to be, if you don't want to be guided, have you ever tried to move a, a, a two or three year old, or even just a little kid, you push their head to kind of move them along, and then they get hard? You know what that's called? Stiff neck. How many of you ever read that in King James? Did you know that mules get stiff necks? That's what they say. You try to pull them, they almost rip their mouth open because they don't want to move. And you know what they used to do? They used to get a board and smack them on the back of the neck. Boom! Break that muscle that just got so strong it wouldn't move. And sometimes they hit the mule so hard it'd kill it. So guess what? Soldier down, soldier up. They bring another mule. Bring one who listens. Now, isn't that something that God uses that term? Because what, you know what he calls people? Watch this. Want to break it down? Wild-ass men. Now, he's not saying that because he's, because he's being gross. He's saying that because in the Bible, how many know that Balaam wrote an ass? That's King James. He's saying he wrote a donkey, a jackass. And what happens is that's what he calls people who don't want to listen. How many know people like that? No matter how much you talk to them, they just they don't want to go. They don't want to turn. 
I'm coming under no one's order. No one's coming under order. Everybody's got a place. You know, how many know? Watch this. How many know that if you got just one piece missing? I don't know. How many ever do jigsaw puzzles? Anybody ever do them? You know, for a little while, they're fun. But if you, how many know if you lose just one piece, it's not worth it? I don't just miss one piece. It's not worth it. You'll have one like, if you see a smiling face, it's not even there. It's not worth it. Did you know that you're all a piece of the puzzle? And when you're not here, you know what? If you like coming in late to church, I challenge you. Go five minutes late to work, to school, to your store, any place you go five minutes late all the time. Go, do it. Because if you don't respect the number one person of the universe, why do you respect your job more than you respect God? Why? If your pastor says it'd be a three, be that three. You know what? Step on the devil's head. Be that two. And pray. Tell your flesh, no. Are you hearing me? Have that resolve. God, I'm going to respect you to the nth degree. I'm not going to be, can I tell you something? I'm going to be, you know what? Sometimes because I, I, I don't pass on my, if I'm, can I tell you something? Pam and I would go sometimes, we had to go to healing services. And, you know, when we were doing healing services with Jason, I mean, you know, some of us that used to go, we set up 250 chairs for 20 people. Pastor George, was that true? And they, had, they better be straight. Just curve just right. <laughs> we have to, everything. We'd have to pick up the Boston baby grand piano. And the stages in the schools in those days were this high. They weren't like little We had to pick that thing up and put it up on the stage. Three, 36 degrees over. Not 45, 36 degrees. Now watch this. This is, we set it up. And we'd go back there and get everything set up. I'd have cords of stuff and he'd go in. Oh, praise the Lord. It was so good. And I'd go back. I was running 104 degree temperature. You know why? why am I gonna, you know what I thought of? Why are we going to call in sick to a healing service? No, think about it. The logic just eluded me. It just did not make sense. Because if I believe that God was a healer, come on now. The Bible says if you're sick, don't say this, pastor didn't move in the gift today and I still went home sick. The Bible says, if you're sick, call the elders of the church. If you're in the church today and you're not feeling well, raise your hand. Can you pray for me, please? That doesn't mean you're deficient. It means you're human. And I remember I turned off the, my role was to turn off the light. And I went back there and leaned put my foot up on the wall. And, was, and then God healed my whole body. And I've said that before. I've probably told this story a thousand times. But can I tell you something? It bears repeating because faithfulness, God saw the faithfulness that we had and healed our body. Now, I'm talking about a level of commitment we don't see in churches anymore. My kids have a baseball game. You know that if enough believers didn't go to the baseball game on Sunday, they can make them on Saturday again like they used to. But because we don't have spines of steel anymore, we have rubber spines and we fold over with it. It's family. Can I tell you something? Gamblers that like to gamble take their kids to Vegas, and then there's a place called Circus Circus. And can you tell you something? What an, what an amazing idea. Remember the Circus Circus? It's fun for kids. They, they, don't just, they don't cut 
corners and get your cheap little carnival rides. They got some pretty good stuff in Circuit Circus. Vegas is an attraction now. You go down there, man, you're in Paris, you're in New York. Go to the Bellagio, man, fountains. There's just sights. You don't even need to gamble. It's like walking down the streets of Disneyland. There's just things to see. Isn't it amazing? Now watch this. Here's what we do. We have created an idea that church is church and life is life. And we don't bring the culture of the kingdom into the church. Because church isn't fun anymore. Because we've got things out there that are more fun than what we do here. Because what we do here, we've made it a place in which we go and sit and receive. But can I tell you something? You people are a lot of fun. When we get to talking and doing things, we laugh and we, and we can go like this. But can I tell you, some people just don't have ideas to go. Hey, man, let's all go over here. How many times have we arranged a trip for all the men to go? Guess what all the men do? They show up? No. It's just the same three and we go. And I know we have busy lives, but we have, man, I've seen your pictures on Facebook on Dodger Day, you know, when you had the Dodger game. How come you didn't invite me? No, I'm kidding. But you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and what I'm trying to say is that there's no community in church anymore. Because, see, what happens is we need to be an interdependent people to create a culture that invades another culture. If I'm going to go after what this, if I'm going to go after people who do motocross racing, you know that I don't have to ride a bike in order to go in there, but I do need to know a little bit of what I'm talking about. If I'm going to invade that culture, I won't become part of the culture, but my culture will invade their culture. Because when I hang out with them, the smell of their culture won't even get on me because this is what I'm going to read out of, out of the book of Jude right now. Because, see, if I'm going to go in there, I need to love the people so much that I want to deliver them from what, what, what that culture has them by. Can I tell you something? Sometimes the culture that people, especially subcultures, the people, be, see, there is something that drives people into a subculture that keeps them there. And most of the, can I tell you about 98% of the time, it's wicked. Because there's only two banners through which humanity sits under, and that's God's banner or Satan's banner. There's no in-between. A lot of people think that there's an in-between. There's no in-between. That's why when I talk to a lot of young people, they think, well, I'm just doing my thing. I'm not, I'm, I'm not really... Hey, dude, if you're committed to God, you're committed to God. But if you're committed to Satan, you're committed to him. And what you're afraid of with God is that you're going to be part of a culture that you don't agree with. The beauty of the culture of the cross is that it is dependent upon your expression of what you believe. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's where it starts. But the expression that you give it allows them to come to you because you're a safe place. But you don't become a safe, can I tell you something? Lot's wife loved the culture more than the people because she could have delivered people to go with her, but, if, but she stayed quiet and that culture wasn't her. So when she turned, it wasn't that she loved the city, she loved the culture. She was gone. That quick. How about Korah and his bunch? It wasn't so much that God talked to Moses is that he had a culture that was sideways of what Moses was bringing to the people. And he said, God talks to me too. So I can tell you something, a lot of believers tell me that. God speaks to me. I don't need to be in church. That's true. You have an individual relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, when you go to church, you're being trained for the work of the culture of this called the ministry into your arena. If you're not hearing what God is saying, then you're missing it outside. 
because you don't have a pastor to speak into your life, you don't have a prophet to speak into your life, you don't have an apostle to speak into your life, and you don't have a teacher to teach you how to function through life. I love that Bono had a pastor and a staff that keeps he and his staff following the path in the midst of their stuff. When their manager, strong believer, passed away, he invited a pastor to stay with them and minister to them because they needed to go on with the with the show, because his manager, their manager would have wanted them to, because he was one of these guys, you don't stop at anything. Everything goes on. You don't stop. And, and because they were so broken up, because this guy was a family member, 30 years, side by side. And he's gone. He said it was losing it, like losing family. And they spoke to this pastor who had written an article called I Choose Joy after he lost his son. Reasoning why you stay with God in the midst of these things. And so what they did is they read this and they prayed and they said, I choose joy and went out in front of the people. After a couple of songs, the pastor came out and addressed the, con- the, the, the audience. And, they, and they, they, he read to them excerpts of, I choose joy. You know that it was hard. They're not callous. We're human beings. And when we, when we invade a culture, we plant the flag of Jesus Christ. And we still pray. We, can I tell you something? You don't lessen what you believe. A lot of times we stay quiet and we mute ourselves what we truly believe. And so when we're invading another culture, we won't raise the dead. We won't pray for the sick. Can I tell you something? That's wrong. You need to manifest that even more in the culture that you're invading. because Otherwise, your culture will be run over by their culture. I'm preparing you to be warriors in this life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Did you know that your prosperity today depends on how successful you maneuver through these waters in these days? Because it isn't the 80s and 90s anymore where you just say, I claim it. You've got to be on the road and you've got to be doing your part. How many know deserters get their benefits suspended? The truth. And we got a lot of deserters in the body of Christ today. They just quit. It's true. You know how many people aren't here because we're still in the hotel? I love what Pastor, Rodar, what Pastor Navarrete said. Pastor, I'm with you. All the way. He goes, and they're not here. All the, the pastors were laughing when they heard that. They all started, yeah, you know, because I'm with you. I'll never back off. And you know, we're experiencing that. Can I tell you something? The people you help the most talk the most smack. And if those of you hear gossip, shame on you. You've got to come to me. I heard pastor does this. Wow, he does? Mm, itching ears. No, what? And, 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 no, no. You come and tell me because if someone starts speaking stupid stuff, because I know it's out there. You know, people are so stupid. They, got, they have a social media and they put all their stuff out there. I said, stupid people. Don't you think that I'm going to read this? You know, anyway, yeah, I didn't do anything this weekend. You got pictures of you in Vegas holding up big old giant cups of the Statue of Liberty. But anyway. <laughs> Eyes glazed over red, not because you're tired, but anyway. And you know what? I don't say, Pam and I don't say anything. I said, well, that's right, man. What are they thinking? But what? 
Anyway, the Word of God says that when we enter into a culture, that we're to leave without even the smell of smoke on us. Why? Because we're there to accomplish what we have set forth to do, which is to establish the kingdom of God. Can I tell you something? You don't go into a culture to establish yourself with one person. Jesus sent them out minimally by two by two. You know, when we used to go into, we used to go to schools, we, we had a, Pam and I were early children missionaries when we went to this thing called Kids Club. And we, we got together with other people and we went into the school and it wasn't what they would consider today an urban school. And these days it would be urban because of the, and we went in there after these, and these kids were considered bad kids. And we got them all, and, and short, short, long story short, I didn't even like kids at the time. And I fell in love with kids at that point. And, and you know what? I was following their curriculum because I was so new. I was just reading the curriculum, and, and then they were sitting here. Can I tell you something? I was, I, was, I was stupid because I turned my back on kids. You never turn your back on kids. And I learned that later, but I would read something, turn around, and I'll talk to them what I said. And I'd read a little bit, turn around, talk to them. And then I'd get out there and we'd play ball and all kinds of sports and do some things. But can I tell you something? About the third time that we got together, the curriculum had a thing where you'd lead them to Jesus. And these kids who were supposed to be bad, I turned around to tell them what it was said because I was just reading this. Because they put us in a little room. And I'm reading and I turn around and all eight of these boys were on their knees, weeping, getting ready to pray the prayer. Oh, a hallway. Yes. Well, we were in a hallway. And that's why I remember just being no room. And, it was a, and they gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And you know that Jesus changed. We invaded and established the culture of Christ so strong in them that their families were being changed a little bit. Some families are hostile. What are you doing with my kids? Tell them about Jesus, you know, because they go home and tell And, and their, their grades improved. We were like big brother and big sisters because we'd go up, take them to ball games. We'd do some the, the school. Watch this. Honored us as a group. Because these kids turned in from zero students to A students in many cases. And the school said the only difference is Jesus Christ in their life. Which we, within the culture, we didn't change their living environment, but we brought with us the culture of the kingdom, which changed their life forever. And Pam heard back, didn't, didn't you hear back from, uh, uh, what's that? Last year. Was it a student or was it one of the teachers? One of the kids who received Jesus, their lives are still changed and they're still serving Jesus Christ. And they found Pam. And they said, did you ever, Pam was going like, man, that, we were what, early 20s, huh? We're under 25. 1979. And they got a hold of her last year and thanked her. And it's like, you want to see, it's not just giving them Jesus. It's giving them the culture of the kingdom of God. We're here to establish a culture. And, and this is what I want to leave with you today, is that when Jesus, when God released on the earth the blessing, the blessing is the empowerment. The, I call it the energy, because I don't get weird about New Age words anymore. I'm taking them back. He released the energies around in the solical arena, but we go higher. We draw from that, but we use the tools that were for us to use. Because we live in a spirit realm. We are earthly bodies that are being used here on earth. These are earth suits. We possess a soul. We live in a body, and we're spirit beings. And I'm going to say it again. According to the scriptures, that which Jesus puts in you is strong. It's pure. It doesn't have to grow. Your spirit doesn't grow. Your soul changes. Your soul is sanctified. Now, now I don't 
I won't fight and argue about that because the Bible says that the spirit and soul are so close together that the only thing that can sever it or cut it asunder is the spirit. So you want to interchange the words? I'm good with it. But the part of you that's connected to God, it comes in and makes you holy. It never moves out. Quit acting as though you can't do anything. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But you better find some people that you can do, do this with. It's time for us to begin to be the church of the living God and establish when we put down the flag, we are, can I tell you something? I'm going to give you a classic example. And you want to watch, you want to watch a, it's a 70s movie, so it's going to be cheesy nowadays. Go watch The Cross and the Switchblade. And you're going to see a country bumpkin go in and minister to the worst gangs ever. He established the flag of the kingdom, David Wilkerson. And he didn't become like them. They became like him. And he didn't go in to change their environment. He changed the man who would affect the culture they came out of. Nicky Cruz, he was the head. Now he's a major evangelist all over the world. I believe he's still alive, training other people. When you watch the movie, it's kind of cheesy because of the times that it's made. It's like watching A Thief in the Night from the 70s. Can I tell you something? Nothing can compare to A Thief in the Night. They make all these other weird movies with Nicolas Cage and they're all cheap. They're, they're worse. They're worse. I'd rather watch the, the I'd rather watch the real deal than what's that? The book. Cross and Switch is a good book. And here's another one. Um, Pastor Ray, who wrote From Gangs to God, and he he operates New Hope Ministries in Denver. What's his name? Ray Ray Chavez. Oh, yeah, it did. It came under scrutiny because he refused to show a video of uh, lesbians kissing. He said he'll do everything else to the funeral, let them do the funeral uh, there, but he wouldn't have that video. And they lost the original one. They didn't have that. They made a big deal of it and everything. They went across the street and did it in a mortuary. But i tell you something. He's got three churches up there now, ministering to the down and outers. That's a, that's a powerful transformation of a guy who, who is, but they established. So within the culture, they're reaching people. Okay? We don't want to make them like us. We want to make them like Jesus. Okay? And, and, in that, and in that manner, um, I'll, I'm going to close the message right now. Invade your culture, but don't, come up, but don't love the culture more than you love the people. A lot of us embrace a culture that we have no business embracing. Because when we, can I tell you something, when this is over and we're seated at the judgment seat of Christ, all the things that you love that are part of this world are not going to be a part of your life anymore. We need to grab hold of eternal things. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not saying don't have fun in this world. God wants you to have fun in the journey. He wants us to enjoy everything that this place has. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? If, they, if you're still a youth at heart and you want to go to Magic Mountain ride roller coasters, then you know, go with a group and enjoy yourselves and, 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 and do all that stuff. That's fun. You know, you, you, you follow what I'm saying? I'm not cutting into your kids. I'm just saying, establish the kingdom wherever you go. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You know, what's funny is that they said, it's stuff, I don't know what happened, but we were considered a chaplain in our area and there was a, a Buddhist family where somebody was, was murdered. And then we were called to go over there and minister to them. And guess what? Small world. Rick happened to know one of their relatives. So both Rick and I were there. 
And we got about 40 Buddhists born again and, and, and shot them over to different churches. And now what happens is they, they, they and we didn't invade anything. They were all honoring God. They're, they're honoring the person there. And we just have to talk to people little by little. And there was a couple of the people that knew Jesus. And they said, come over, talk to these guys. We're laying hands on people falling out in the spirit there on the street. God just got a hold of a bunch of them when we kind of shot them over to whoever they would, pastors that they knew. There were a couple of people there. And then, listen to me. We didn't go in and invade their, 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 what they do. We just got them saved. There's a bunch of Buddhists that were saved just out of that thing. And, and, and why? People say, oh, you don't do that at funerals like shooting fish in a barrel. You know what? If I'm going to fish and someone gives me a barrel, I'm going to get them. I'm going to be stupid. You follow what I'm saying? They have all these weird protocols that, that just don't make sense. They make up rules and say, oh, you don't do this at a funeral. Why not? Nanny's wedding got filled with the presence of God. Oh, you don't do that at weddings. Why not? It's part of our culture. You know what? There are certain cultures that do chicken dance at every wedding. They do. They do the chicken dance. Don't ask me why. There's something to do hokey pokey. What the heck? No, it's the truth. There's cultures that have quinceanera. It's like, hey, everybody, she's ready. No, but would you know what I'm saying? No, watch this. I'm playing. I'm playing. But watch. Sweet 16. Never been kissed. Good. It's going to stay that way. Now watch. But you understand? Watch. There's tradition. The church is full of silly traditions too. You know what? One thing we don't do here? Father Abraham. Now, if you get up and do it, don't pull me in. You guys can have fun. But don't pull me in. Yeah, we've been we've been in places where you get out there and do it. I'll have, I don't remember. See, it's one of those traumatic experiences that I, I don't remember now. <laughs> Larissa used to do skating and do the boot scooting boogie on skate. No, in Denver, when it snows, there's nothing to do. So you skate or go to a movie. No, she did. She had fun. We'd go out there and sit out there, and they were just. You won't see her dancing here, but on skate, girl, girl was wild. You know which one they loved? All my exes live in Texas. <laughs> and they do this. Well, they're still rolling and stuff. But anyway, everyone has cultural experiences that they keep. Isn't that something? They did it. And I'm not cursing those. What I'm telling you is don't let those cultures override what you believe God in. But we're here to bring Jesus in and put the flag down. Can I tell you something? You know, want to know a big reason why the United States gets all weird about the moon? It's because we got there first and put our flag there. Did you know that because we put our flag there, it's ours? It's our colony as a nation. That's why there was this big race. And when they got there, something told them don't go back, and they haven't been back for a long time. Is it actually, isn't that true, Rich? Something told them not to go back to the moon, huh? Something told them don't go back. And it's true. 
you know that when they drop a big rock down when they, and they let it go? It, <laughs> it's true. It pings like, like sonar. Ping, 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 ping. In fact, what are you saying, Pastor? I don't know. It's a mystery. This world is full of mysteries. That doesn't mean that the Bible's wrong. Watch, when they find Atlantis, all these people are going to say, you know, the Bible's not true. It doesn't mean it's not true. You say, do you believe in Atlantis? I'm just saying that. I'm not telling you what I believe. <laughs> but when they find it, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm playing with you. But do you understand? There's these huge obelisks that are underwater. They don't know what it's made out of. And they want to see if it proves that the Bible's not true. Why does that prove that the Bible's not true? No, I'm just, I'm just kind of telling you something, telling you these, these things because sometimes we get scared off. If you believe the Bible to be true because you believe that Adam and Eve existed and proof that he did, do you know that Jesus died and there's absolute proof that he was died, he was buried, and he rose again? If you use the laws of evidence, the evidentiary rules of law, Jesus rose from the dead. Solve that one because Paul said that if he did not rise from the dead, then all this is in vain. It's the truth. The culture that you establish is based upon who you are. And then bring them here because they're all part of this culture. Somebody repeat it for me. The culture. I don't know, brother. I, I, you know what? Oh, it's, it's on talk show. We'll have to call Zeke. Brother Zeke, no. He wanted to talk show. You know what? I, we, we stand in agreement for Brother Zeke. These allergies will not have him. I, I was praying for him in the hallway, and I was praying for another brother that's sick. I'll tell you something. These men, man, we've got to get these men to quit letting sickness keep them. I was talking to two brothers in the hallway. Tell them, what do you it's sick. You know, in Jesus' name. Oh, why didn't you call me in a week? In the middle of the week when you're sick in the middle of the week. Well, stand. you got to be here. God's saying some things that you need to hear. Are you going to talk to? Are you going to tell me it didn't work again? No, I'm kidding. But you know what? Get on talk to. No, I know. I, and I found out why. We were trying on Thursday, too, and it was really hard. I was just, I was getting ready to throw phones, but I couldn't. I, I couldn't. I was fit to be tied. I was trying all kinds of stuff. That's Pam. I, I, she goes, I can't hear you because I would talk. And she said, nobody's hearing you. Yeah, it's not working. But can I tell you something? Part of every, we're going to use every bit of electronic equipment that we can get a hold of that's free or next that costs nothing right now. And we'll get on every available voice because we've got to preach. We've got to tell the people. We have to. We have to. There's people dying out there. Can I tell you something? The reason I'm telling you, and I'm going to end with this, is that don't fall in love with the culture more than love with the people, because if you fall in love with the culture, you'll never rescue people from the pit of hell. God died for, Jesus died for all of these people, and it's time for you to be bold and tell them about Jesus Christ. You're not affecting their culture, you're telling them about Jesus, you're getting them born again. You're changing. Can I tell you something? You're going to, you're going to take the movers and shakers of the movements that you enjoy, and you're going to have their... You're going to change what they do because they're going to inject Jesus in everything they do. And they're going to reach more people than you did because you're affecting that culture by establishing the culture of Christ. And the leader of that movement is going to come back to you. And you're going to have a huge influence. And what it is, what's going to happen is that within that culture, the glory of the Lord is going to be known in that culture and then another culture and then another culture. 
until the glory of the Lord is known throughout the earth. Because the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will be known throughout the whole world. That's God's will. We're not there just to make them like you. You understand what I'm saying? But you cannot love that culture more than you love the people. We're here to affect the world. We really are. Did you know Pam was making clothes for dolls? I mean, there were, it was a huge, huge thing. I had no clue. She was making these clothes for all these dolls, and then we'd put one of a kind, and she'd use $2 worth of material or $3 worth of material. And she would make purses, and we would do this stuff. And what's funny is that they would dress them up. And then we have, the, we have these bugambillas, and we would set up a table out there. Hopefully, it's kind of windy where we are. A lot of times we've got nice breeze in there. But we put it out there, and then, you know, what do they call stone? What are the, the Barbies called? The something stone? Something? Silkstone Barbies. And you'd make a one-of-a-kind dress. And, and, um, and her hair would be blowing a little bit because the wind is, you know, the thing is. And, and we would take these pictures, and then Pam would pick the best pictures, and we'd put them on eBay. Oh, my God, if they weren't bidding $100, $200, I'm thinking, what the heck, $154, whatever. And these were fighting for these one-of-a-kind. But, but we found out later that this whole cottage industry, there's thousands and thousands of dollars for this thing. But what happened is that Pam is such a perfectionist. She, she has to have, you know how on, on shirts, the lines all have to match, you know, the patterns all have to be there. She, would, she is, so, she, so these things would take a lot of her time. And then God finally told her it's taking more time than it is with me, so stop. What I'm trying to tell you is that because of this, I found out that there's huge, in the United States, there's these huge cultures of people that they go to these events and fill up the Anaheim Convention Center just for doll clothes. And what we found out is there's a whole group of men that go after that. Isn't that true, Pam? The ones that were buying the most were men. And Pam would minister to these guys. Mm-hmm. Now imagine that. I would never have thought for a million years. But you know what? The group of people that get together, it's like teachers. Teachers know teachers all over the Inland Empire. Imagine that. It's a whole other culture. They talk shop. They talk teaching. They talk about all the war stories with kids. See, you're tied into a culture of people that you're called to reach. When I get around the pastors, when we went to the pastors' gathering, you know what was so refreshing? Is that Pam and I weren't alone anymore. We went to the pastors' gathering, huh? Even though we didn't sit there and talk to all the pastors, when we got there, we knew we weren't alone because we were receiving what was for pastors. It's a different environment. And then when we went to this last one, it was amazing. So I'm just letting you know that there's a world to reach out there, church. And you're already part of a culture. Yes. That's it. That's it. 
Mother computer knows. I, I, you know, and, and it's a little, it's a, it's a little, 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 it's a
off every now and then it's a yeah you know and then you will if you use it strictly for ministry it's good I shut off for a while and pastors were going like where are you how come you don't how come you I can't get a hold of you anymore yeah some certain people you do and you block them and then you come back but uh, let me tell you something we've got to preach Jesus wherever we're at it's Jesus. Yes, ma'am.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.